Power up. Yo, what up? Hello? 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 Hey, how's it going? Yes. Sweet. I got it. I'm going to chew down this toast real quick. Do it. I'm driving on the freeway, but I'm going to get off so I can park my car and just chill. Oh, just pull over on the shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or just stop in the middle of the freeway. <laughs> yeah, just and put up your podcasting flag. Yeah. <laughs> I <have it. laughs> yeah, I love it. Make room for sports! Make room for sports. Make room for sports. Make room for sports. to make room for sports episode number 754 um we've made it through this is our 51st consecutive week uh broadcasting so one more week to go to complete our first year promise with me as always i have mike lochran in philadelphia feeling nervous but excited but uh jubilant at the same time and broadcasting from the los angeles freeway uh mccalbert Feeling nervous, but excited, but also jubilant. And so the obvious first question is, why are you in your car? Great question. Oh, because I'm in the middle of my work day. Oh, I uh, see. I work in the field, so I'm always in my car. Right, right, right. Wait, you work in a field? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's lingo. It's called (laughs) in the field is like meaning I'm not in an office. Uh, I, I see clients out in the cornfield. In the, <laughs> the emotional, the emotional cornfield. The emotional cornfield. Dave, yeah, are you at home or are you in the field? I am in a field home. Field home. Because you sound, you sound a little distant. I do. Yeah, Mikkel, does does Dave sound distant to you? Like emotionally distant? Yes. No, he feels emotionally super close. Um, How about now? Yeah, it sounds the same. Maybe it's me. Know. Could I be me. Dave, I think Dave sounds pretty, pretty close. I'm using okay. my um, my professional podcasting mic. I can turn up. How do I sound? You sound fine. You sound great. Nice. I just hey guys, turned up the uh, the input a little bit on my professional podcasting mic, but I think it's peaking now. There was a week, like there were a bunch of weeks, Dave, where you didn't sound great, and then I think it was, was it last week? You sounded great. Yeah, for the but, first time in a while. Yeah, so I was expecting that, like that kind of high fidelity from you. Yeah, this week. I don't know. Do you guys What's the, think I sound terrible? I think you actually sound surprisingly okay. Okay. Yeah, you Knock sound on wood. Okay. It's it's probably all in my head. I I've been out Christmas shopping and it was a stressful day. And I, I think I'm just out of sorts. He got what he deserved. Yeah, Christmas shopping's pretty stressful. What, did anything yeah. in particular happen? No, just like normal, um, not knowing why I'm doing it or like what the point, what the point of it is. Existential. Um, yeah. 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 Don't Stress. do it. Why do you, why do you even put yourself through that? Well, no, the problem is like it's two days in a row. I went out for like six hours and I've only bought about one candle. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. I logged. I just wind up like meeting up in bars. And so now I'm back, I'm back, I'm back home. Do you do your Christmas shopping in bars? <laughs> uh, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> And is the candle just like just like a tea light that was like it one of you just yeah. blew you blew it out and just <laughs> put it yeah. in your pocket? Yeah, it's one of those like Catholic Mexican candles with a somebody on it. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk <laughs> let's talk about sports. Yeah. Uh it looks like actually the first sports adjacent um topic on this outline is Kobe Bryant's Dear Basketball poem. Which oh, some listeners great. might wonder um, why we'd be talking about that since I, I believe you wrote that in 2015. Okay. I, was that. I was wondering why this was on the outline. However, um, on Tuesday night, the Lakers retired Kobe's, both of Kobe's jerseys, his number eight and his number 24. And did either of you guys catch that? I didn't, but I wondered if that was the first time that two numbers got retired at the same time. It was. Yeah. And it cool. was also probably the first time that like a, a TV halftime spectacular was produced in coordination with the retiring of someone's number. It was, it was, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was quite a sight. I think you guys need to, 
need to look that up and, and check it out. It's really weird. It's it's super and weird. And wait, did yeah. Did he read the poem at the ceremony? So he didn't read the poem, but he stood in like the player's tunnel while an episode, like ostensibly a continuation of Muse Cage, um, was broadcast. It was an animated version of like Kobe's memories and life and an, an overdub of him reading the poem. And they showed it in a split screen where one side of the screen was that animation with Kobe reading the poem and the other side of the split, split screen was Kobe's face live watching the Jumbotron of his own <laughs> animated thing. That's amazing. That's Whoa. amazing. Like with like tears in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and the, but the, and on the muse cage was, he was reading the poem. He was reading his dear cage? basketball poem. Yeah. Ah, uh, that is like when I give readings, I tend to do it that way too. Like, <laughs> It's important just to get like the my face reacting to my own poems. Exactly. So, have you had a chance to? Because I have, I have on the outline that we'd like you to grade uh, or analyze Kobe's dear dear basketball poem, but I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. Well, I thought the outline said could I analyze it live on the air. So I ah, yeah. did the hard work of not reading it. I hoped maybe you could read it to me and then I'll respond to it. Friendship. Okay. Is that possible? It's a little bit long. I don't know if how much tolerance the listeners have for this, but I'll, Dave, I'll just read read the read the beginning. Okay. Do you want to do it like line for line, Dave? Like I'll you'll do a line and I'll do a line. Uh, maybe do it is it in stanzas? It is you in could stanzas. do stanza by stanza. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay, I'll start it. Dear basketball. Okay, good. That's good. I love it so far. It's great. By Kobe Bean Bryant. Do you think he's like dear basketball? Like he's talking about a generic, like the object of basketball, or do you mean he means like the whole, uh, the sport of basketball? Well, honestly, Mikel, I think it's unfair to judge the whole poem based just on the title. I think that's. I think that's uh, a little bit. It's like aesthetically problematic. I thought he was actually raising like an interesting. Am- what did? I think we just cancel each other out forever. Yeah. <laughs> there goes the podcast. Um, I thought Macau was actually pointing out an interesting ambiguity that I had missed. Thank that, you. That it's not clear if he's like what he's who he's actually talking to, so it's open to interpretation. Which I thought yeah. was kind of one of one of the issues with this poem, <laughs> to begin with, was that it didn't have that. But okay, maybe I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. All right, let me start. So that's that was the title, but then it also does begin with those words. So I'm not rereading the title. I'm gonna get here's the poem. <clears throat> okay, All right. stanza one. Dear basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep i gave you my all from my mind and body to my spirit and soul as a six-year-old boy deeply in love with you i never saw the end of the tunnel i only saw myself running out of one and so i ran i ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you you asked for my hustle i gave you my heart because it came with so much more I played through the sweat and hurt, not because challenge called me, but because you called me. I did everything for you, because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream, and I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding, my mind can handle the grind, but my body knows it's time to say goodbye. Okay, wait, can I ask a couple of questions before we move on? Yeah. Um, what's the, like, what shape is this poem in? Are the lines short or long? Short. They vary. Short? Yeah, mostly short. short. Mostly okay. short. Like five or, six, five or six words at a time? Yeah, it's an average of, of five... Yeah, so the the range is anywhere from three to eight words. Okay, okay. And is there any like textual? Is anything in italics, or does anything stand no. out? No. Okay. He, he did so put he did, you but... in all caps a few times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. When I emphasized okay. it, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, anyway. I'm ready. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now 
so we can both savor every moment we have left together, the good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds left on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one. Love you always, Kobe. <laughs> Wait, is that is that that's in it? The end, the end part. Yeah, that's the end. Yeah, that's the end of the poem. Yep. I wish we could see Kobe's face while we read that. Oh yeah. Oh, I assumed you guys were looking at pictures of him while you read that poem. <laughs> well, if you go to theplayerstribune.com backslash deer dash basketball, you can yeah. see a big picture of Kobe's face holding a basketball to his lips with him. With tears in oh. his eyes, like obviously, like thinking about the poem. Is it like a like a sexy picture? Mm. It's um, it's like an iconic picture. It's like a huh. yeah. Is it more like it's it's paternal or maternal? Okay, all it's right. Well, first of all, it's, it's first of all it's that... kind of a go, a Godin thing actually. Now that I look at it, or sorry, Rodin. <laughs> it's uh oh, like the thing the uh, yeah, the, it's, the it's, thinking it's, man or the. That, I think that's what it is, right, Brad? It's it's him doing that, but with a basketball in his hand, kind of. Uh, yeah, and yeah, instead yeah. of thinking, he's just loving this basketball. He's cherishing it. He's got his hands just wrapped all around it. Okay, what is that? Um, what's the the famous common song where like hip hop is the the addressee of the of the song, and at the end he's like, her name was hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I I vaguely yeah I remember it, but I've I feel never like that's it. a I feel like that's a trope. Um. Anyway, I just want I want to say first of all that like oh. this poem is as good as any poem that appears in any American literary magazine including ones that I've published. Uh it's like at least as good. Well, I want to say second of all that the animation that Kobe produced to accompany this poem while he watched it occurring while we watched him watching it um is 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 shortlisted um in the final 10 for an Oscar for the um for, for for movie what? shorts for this year, yeah, they they, they have Seriously? a short list of ten and, and they whittled that down to five nominees in January. Yeah. Wait, what? Kobe could win an Oscar? This is real. Wow, that is, <laughs> wow, that's breaking news. Yeah, we just broke that actually. Wow. Um. All right. Well, let's see. So, like, the reappearance of the socks at the end is nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there's like that's like if you googled like how to begin and end a poem, I feel like it, Google probably says like mention socks at the beginning and end, and that then it comes full circle. You know, Simon Barrett, who's not here today, once gave me advice on filmmaking and script writing, and it was based on the uh, Harmony Korine movie. Um, what was it called? Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on. I want to get a pen so I can write this down. Okay. What was okay. That movie? <laughs> okay, was I have kid- a pen now. It's the name of the movie is the kid's name backwards. Um, uh, oh, damn. Crapneck. Yeah, Crapneck or something like that. Ken Park. Ken Park. Yeah, Ken, yeah, there you go. Good, good, Dave. Um, Ken Park. So if you begin a movie and end the movie with the same like motif or you start it with something and then you end it with like the continuation of it, then everything in the middle doesn't matter what happens. That's kind huh. of like the socks thing. If you if you got the socks at the beginning and you bring the socks back at the end, you wrote a good poem. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens in the middle. Unimpeachable. Because you've made, you've made oh, like a full circle. I'm trying to think if there's any other um, artwork that begins and ends with socks. There's the there's that famous Nicholson Baker novel that begins with shoelaces, but that's the best I can come up with. Ken Park it begins with a, a, a skateboard kid uh, committing suicide, and then it ends with that. Huh. Huh. Um, yeah, it's got some like it. It has, it has some funny, unnecessary detail that one would also associate with poetry. Um, like there's some. It seems like there's some extra adjectives. That's something people do when they try to write a poem. Is they just like they modify all the stuff in the poem so that it is like seems more memorable. So yeah, it it has some of that. Um, it didn't seem to sound all that great. Like it seemed like it was just a little journal entry chopped up into lines. That's my right. guess. Yeah. Didn't, I it, felt like 
Dave and I did a really good job reading it. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, you guys did a really good job. I was really feeling the emotion, actually. Me too. We did it. I was starting to, yeah, I was starting to, to feel bad about, about making a bit out of this outpouring, out of this, you know, sincere statement of passion and commitment. Well, Kobe Bryant is like a public weirdo. Right, that's true. So, yeah, and he like published a poem in the player. What is the Players Tribune, anyway? Um... I want to say, yeah, for anyone who's also feeling that way and wondering about our integrity, just Google Muse Cage. Muse Cage. Okay. M-U-S-E-C-A-G-E. Uh, the Players' Tribune is um, it's a it's a website uh, where players can... All, all the authors of, of, the, of the content are, are, uh, are athletes. Okay. So um, it's like the Paris Review of NBA. I take that back because Ice Cube has an entry on there about Kobe Bryant today. But um, Isaiah Thomas also wrote um, an entry today called Chapter 5, colon, Dealing, which actually I'm interested in. Um, mostly it's, it's stuff by athletes. All sports, too. Well, not all sports, but you have um, Richard Sherman, the uh, Seattle Seahawks player, has something on there. Um, Steph Curry has a contribution, actually, a recent contribution called The Noise. Um, Devonte Adams wrote something, so you got a nice. There's a hockey player, uh, David Perron. Perron. So, uh, yeah. There's a figure skater. Hey, um, Ali Race. Hey, uh, Mikel, I have a question for you. Yes. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. Do you remember when Isaiah Thomas's eyebrows fell off? <laughs> yeah, last uh, last season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard. That's it. That's the end of my question. Make room for sports. Diamond um, Dallas Page, the former WWF superstar, has, has something on there called Letter to My Younger Self. And there's something else called Letter to My Younger Self uh, by someone who goes just by the name Marta, who I guess... <laughs> Probably every article is called that. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they all have to be called that because they're all like trying to rediscover their, their, their faded youth. Uh, Mike, and, as, and, you, as you said that, I, I, I found that Jorge Posada has an entry called Letter to My Younger Self. <laughs> Chipper Jones has an entry called Letter uh, to My Younger maybe Self. Maybe it's a feature. Maybe that's like a recurring uh, feature. Oh, yeah, okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't poke fun. Does, no. does yeah. Jose Canseco write poetry? Um, I mean, you want to go in the research corner and figure that you've out? You've seen his biceps. That's poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's poetry in motion. Yeah. That's a zinger. What's his twin brother's <laughs> name? Great question. Jose Canseco has a twin brother? Yeah. He had a twin brother that played in the minor leagues. Actually, he was on the A's briefly. Oh, yeah. That's right. That seems right. like that couldn't be true. His name is Ozzy. Ozzy Canseco. Looks very similar to Jose. I don't know. Identical I don't twin. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's true. I disagree. He was the manager of the Brownsville Charros of the United League before the league's dissolution. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right, maybe we should move on. So, um, do we have People, anything more? Um, Mm-hmm. Well, I have some Ho- Jose Canseco poetry. Oh. Oh, Kobe actually wrote one called Letter to My Younger Self, too. Dear 17-year-old self, when your Laker dream comes true tomorrow, you need to figure out a way to invest in the future of your friends and family. And then, Wait, didn't the other one have the phrase Laker dream? Yeah, it's something about a dream. We all, we should all, as homework, we should all figure out what our Laker dream is. Yeah, this seems to be like a format that the Players' Tribune is into. Yeah. Um, Mikhail, as someone who lives in L.A., do you have a Laker dream? Dave Winfield uh, has one. My Laker dream. Like, be, don't they, don't they yeah. mandate that you have one if you live there? Yeah, like when you, when you first enter the city, you have to write it down and enter it into a database. And then they give you a weed card. <laughs> yeah. But, that's how you get that's how that's what it's that's what it's called on the street. It's yeah. called a Laker dream. Like do you have your lake can I can I get a Laker dream? Yeah. Well, so don't be giving the secrets away. Don't so speak, the... speaking of Lakers, um another uh interesting thing that happened that's Laker related this week was Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas had this thing that NBA TV, I don't know if you guys have been watching a lot of NBA TV, but I mean, I watch it like almost every night and they've been promoting this thing for like a month 
that Magic and Isaiah are going to have this awkward sit-down where um, they're in kind of two plain chairs with their knees touching, like sitting across from each other, um, with their legs open, just with, with, a, um, with a, an O'Brien trophy between them. And... Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I like that phrase, with their legs open. <laughs> well, because it's, it's a picture of like two, you know, two like pretty large men you know, one six nine, and well, I guess sure. I say is maybe six two, and and they're they're like sitting in these, you know, movable chairs, just like with right. their knees like up against each other, and, and a big trophy between them. And I thought it was just going to be some frivolous nonsense. Like I didn't know that there was actually like this decades-old rivalry between them. Um, and I didn't watch the whole special, but I did watch like a five-minute clip that's sort of like, I guess the 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 the, um, the climax of of the special, and. Um, it's pretty intense, actually. Well, actually, I don't even see... I don't know if they get into, like, the real guts of what happened between them, because what happened between them is actually, like, like pretty dark. Let's get personal. It's not just that they were, comp- like, fierce rivals in the late well, yeah, 90s. Like he, he used to um, diss John- Magic Johnson, right, for, like, having HIV or make fun of him? I don't know if he made fun of him for having HIV. Um... But apparently, so Magic believed, and I haven't really done like enough research about this to say anything authoritative. My understanding, though, is that Magic believed, suspected, or maybe knew for sure, that Isaiah Thomas had been going around and spreading the rumor that uh, Magic was gay or bisexual, and that that's why he had AIDS. Sounds problematic. Um, it's unclear, like, if that happened or why that would have happened. Because I guess during the 80s, they were, like, best friends. Like, legit best friends. Like, they would hang out outside of, you know, basketball and stuff like that. That's friendship. But they also had, like, a fierce yeah. um, series between them. I think in 1989, um, the Pistons met the Lakers um, in the finals. And I think that's kind of, like, the end of the Magic Johnson run, right? Because the, the Pistons won that year. They won the year after against the Trailblazers. And then I think the year after that is Michael Jordan's first year. So oh. Isaiah kind of dethroned uh, Magic Johnson. Um, and I think in the first year that they that they met in those finals, they were still on good terms. But then the year after, for whatever reason, they weren't anymore. And then it got like pretty ugly. Um, and so because Magic Johnson thought that Isaiah had been doing that, again, I don't know if it's true or not, uh, Magic Johnson like lobbied for Isaiah Thomas to be excluded from USA from the USA Dream Team, the basketball team, in 1992, successfully. And Isaiah Thomas was not on the Dream Team. That hurts. And so they have, like, this 25-year-old rivalry, or, like, you know, really actually, like, like rather ugly uh, feud between them. And they had, a, they had a special to work it out where they, they sat with their, with their knees touching. And do you know why? <laughs> That's the best way to work out any problem is to touch knees. Do you know why they decided to work it out now? Well, they talk about that, um, and you know, they both they both they both felt that. I guess not only personally was it was it necessary to 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 get through this and push past it, but that also for like the larger community, for like the basketball community and like the black community, to have these like two totems of. This like golden era in, in, in the eighties, um, you know, having this like vicious rivalry and feud um, over something so serious, they, they just thought it was bad in, in a lot of different ways. They both like these these role models and these business mog- moguls now, um, and they wanted to to be better than that and, and kind of as you know be an example for other people to like move past that kind of feud and um, and also for their own their own friendship and that's friendship. You know, that... Emotional health. Yeah, ostensibly that sounds like uh, really sincere and hard for us to make fun of on the air. I think it is, yeah. No, that I, just I, seems I, kind of wonderful. I do. I'm looking for an angle, um, and my last my last ditch effort so that I can make fun of this is to ask: Isn't Isaiah Thomas a known sexual harasser? Um, I think there was something about that. I think he was the he, well, he was definitely the president of the Knicks. He was also the coach of the Knicks. Um, in a pre- in the previous decade, and I think part of what happened there was he was a, it was a sexual harassment allegation against him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just always interested interested in like in the sports world who's allowed back into the party, 
and who isn't. Um, like um, Lawrence Taylor was in a football commercial this season, just like out of out of nowhere. Right. So every so often, um, like seemingly bad men are allowed back into the fray. Right. Well, I always Col- wonder, like, what is he? What, what what else does he have going well, for him that he's allowed back well, in? Well, Kobe Bryant literally just had like a bigger celebration produced as a television spectacular than I've ever seen, even for the end of the finals. That's why it's like, it's hard for me to put into words, like how, how weird and extraordinary and bizarre it was because it was like a bigger celebration than they have when someone wins the finals. And I mean, he was, you know, yeah. he's, he's an accused rapist. And I, I think he, yeah. the, the details of that case are like pretty, pretty damning and dubious. Like he, he, he ended up, I, I think, did they have a civil, civil settlement? I forget I forget the details, but like you know for sure there are actual like heinously villainous men who twirl mustaches that do the calculus on this kind of stuff to see to figure out can they honor Kobe Bryant. Right. And like can Isaiah and Magic touch knees and then no one will remember. Like there are actual people that decide those things. That yeah. are like they weigh the they weigh the pros and cons. How how does anyone earn forgiveness or how do you know, how does anyone get a second chance like that? What's that, what's that based on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tricky because like a second chance is different than like being honored on national television in front of 24,000 people. Mm. Um, so to well, me, they're, they're kind of like two separate conversations. Well, for Kobe, that's like a second chance because that's he's just returning to the status that he was like, right was- i love i love that yeah so he's he has to be allowed back he, like the only way for us to forgive kobe is to reinstate his like demigod status yeah We're, well anything different. anything short of that is to blame him forever uh, well i mean the case was in 2007 um and he was named mvp uh the following year and he was named finals most valuable player in 2009 and 2010 he also, oh yeah, I mean, he also we got a We forgot. He yeah. also got a hundred thirty-six million dollar uh, contract the year after the allegations, yeah. and uh, he had been dropped from his endorsements from Nike, Spalding, and Coca-Cola, and they all re-endorsed him. Um, <laughs> right. Even though, I mean, there was a civil suit, and it was dropped because he settled, like for, and it's you know, it's undisclosed. Another thing that happened in two thousand seven was a jury awarded eleven point six million dollars to a uh, female former Knicks executive. Um, who said that Isaiah Thomas had had, uh, had harassed her? Sure. Yeah. Um, she was fired also for complaining about it. Not cool. Not cool. Oh, yeah. Not cool. So not cool. that's yeah. another thing that happened in 2007. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This is maybe this isn't our our best um, our best area. It's very serious. It's really serious. Um. So. No one can find Anthony Davis's uh, movie analysis, right? No. Wait, can I read this Jose Canseco? There's actually a bunch of stuff if you Google oh, yeah. Jose Canseco poetry. Yeah, what read another one. Do? I want to say, by the way, before you do that one, I'm going to give Kobe's poem a solid B. Okay. Good job. Good job, Kobe. Yeah. Kobe would be pissed, though. You think he'd be pissed? Well, well, you never give the first assignment the A because you want to see what they have in reserve. Pearls of wisdom. I'm not, yeah. I'm not good at that. Also known as uh, don't smile until November. <laughs> <laughs> Pearls of wisdom. I like There's it. Like, it doesn't really relate, but it kind of reminds me of like with a, with like a kid, you can be like, do you want five pieces of broccoli or two pieces of broccoli? You were were always planning to give the kid two, but you make him choose. Pearls of wisdom. I have a a, a parenthood question for you, Mikel. Yeah. Like, does that make you feel like a genius? (laughs) Um. When I do, no, it makes me feel like um. Makes me feel like a real jerk. Oh, I don't know. I disagree. I think it makes you a genius. But, Can Dash um, say Dave Dominique yet? Uh, it's a great question. I have uh, I haven't asked him actually. I'll find out. That's not friendship. Uh, yeah, that hurts. <laughs>
But he can say um, big ball. He can say big ball. That's right. <laughs> so he's so close to being able to say big baller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's trying to say big baller. Speaking of big baller, um, have you guys heard that um, LeVar Ball... <laughs> I know we shouldn't really talk about the Ball family. But LeVar Ball, he announced, like I think yesterday or the day before... Uh, that since his his son Leangelo like had that issue at, at UCLA and he pulled his he pulled Leangelo out of UCLA um, because he thinks you know a free education at a world class university is not good enough for his son who's like never going to make the NBA. Um, he's going to start a league called the Junior Basketball League. He says, "What for players that want to skip college and have their year off getting paid professionally." Because you you have to have a year between high school and the NBA getting drafted in the NBA now, and uh, he said he's gonna the players are gonna get paid three to ten thousand dollars per month. Huh. I mean, I, I think Lonzo or I mean, what's his name? The dad, uh, Levar. Yeah, I think you can just call him Ball. Levanzo. That's what Scottie Pippen calls him. Levanzo. Levanzo. <laughs> He can do that. Guy can do whatever he wants. Apparently, I mean, if he says he's going to do it, I believe he's going to do it. I don't think that guy has done anything except like say things. Actually, <laughs> that's all. That's all you need in today's world, though. Is it though? He also said the no. day before that his son was going to be playing for an obscure club team in Lithuania um, by January. But then he, the next day, he said, "Actually, his son's going to be playing in a league that Lavar is going to found called the Junior Basketball League." I mean, I I think, true. Oh, go on, Mike. Go. I was just going to say, I have a couple ideas about this. So one, I heard about this story, Dave, and I, I, I meant to look up. I'm sure there's a word for this. I meant to look it up. There must be some uh, like Greek rhetorical word or phrase that accounts for the rhetorical situation in which either like a bad person does good things or a bad idea, an ostensibly bad idea results in otherwise positive <laughs> yeah. outcomes. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be what we're dealing with, with this LeVar Ball character. I, I never like watch him talk. I don't watch ESPN, so I don't really know. But I actually think if you, if you didn't know anything that he said and you weren't like involved in like reading the interviews or whatever, and you just said, like, well, what has he done in the past two years? I think it might be true that he's actually done quite a bit. He's only. It's the problem is that he's only done like one percent, maybe, of what he said. Mm. But if you forget about the ninety-nine percent of the stuff that he said he would do that he didn't do, and just focus on the one percent that he did, it might be actually kind of great. Like someone should start a for-profit minor league basketball league. Like that should. There's one. Should it's, called, it's called the G League. There is one. No, but they don't get paid any real money in the G League, and they they still can't enter it until they've done one year in college, which but is totally. So, so what fans want to get behind a local team comprised of players who aren't interested in meeting like the grade requirement for the NCA aren't top recruits and would otherwise be either just working at a gas station or playing for like a community college? Yeah, I think that's a great question. The answer is no one wants to watch that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that someone shouldn't do it because it's like I think it's philosophically righteous. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with I agree with with the concept that it's that it's that it's philosophically righteous. Yeah. Yeah. And what about yeah. the idea that Lavonzo, um, he's actually like a good dad, even though he's obnoxious. He's like totally supporting his kids, and he's like giving everything he has to his kids. I think the jury's out on that, isn't it? It yeah, is, but... I think he might be like really damaging those guys. Like when I look I at, Le- so at at Lonzo, I'm, I don't feel like I'm looking at like <laughs> a real like person. a self-possessed, like confident, you know, emergent totally. adult. I, I, I'm looking at well, a kid who. I mean, he's a well-known vampire. <laughs> it's well, it's been well documented. <laughs> he looks. He looks pretty. Pretty, I don't know, like sad and traumatized to me. For someone who's yeah. been playing basketball for literally 1,200 years, um, <laughs> people say this is his rookie season, but in fact, this is his 1,201st season, and uh, he's not up to snuff. Oh. <laughs> what do you think uh, LeBron James said to him the other day when you know LeBron did that 
little thing where he's covering his mouth with his jersey. Do you see that? Yeah, he. Uh, there was a um, there's a Chinese uh, TV station or something that that caught it. That their mic was close enough that they they caught oh. what he said. Oh, what did he say? He said, "Find your zone and stay fucking locked in." All right. Uh, the media is going to ask you everybody. what I told you right now, but so what? Just be aggressive every single day. It's white noise. That's all it is. All right. <laughs> that's like that's the that's the great disappointment of LeBron is that, like he thinks he's this deep, right. uh, like stoic philosopher, <laughs> right. but he's just like a motivational douchebag, and he's like he's a real dummy, and he just like you want you wanted him to have whispered something really like super meaningful. Alonzo. Yeah, wow. Coming out hot. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Speaking of hot takes, I have a hot take. I, okay. Great. And then I would like to read some of Jose Canseco's poetry. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's save that for the end. <laughs> um, this time, I'm going to read Jose Canseco's poems before you read them this time. Okay. <laughs> but I think Dave is going to say something. I have a hot take. I think triple doubles and tracking triple doubles and ascribing like any kind of value to them is totally idiotic. Like it's like it's I'm one on, of the stupidest things board. that happens in sports. Yeah. I'm on board. All right, maybe it's not a hot take. Is the is the argument, Dave, that teams take so many more shots now um, that like assists and rebounds don't mean as much and points, but especially assists and rebounds don't mean as much as they used to? No, the argument is that we gave Russell Westbrook the MVP last season because he had all these triple doubles. But if you look at like the efficiency of LeBron James or James Harden, and I know that you don't like efficiency as you know as a as as a as a as a way of, right. of, of figuring out value, but and I agree with that in principle. But if ostensibly like value in basketball is based on um, contributing something that ends in winning, then I think you have to look at efficiency. So I heard a really smart thing the other day that there should be a stat that compiles a few things. And what it should do is it should add points and assists and then subtract shots missed and turnovers. Yeah. And turnovers. Oh. oh, I love that. Because Russell Westbrook what? like regularly misses like 20 shots in a game and oh, turns yeah. the ball over like eight times. And yeah. so after you subtract that from the points and assists, are you still looking at a player that you want to have on your team? And if you compare right. those stats to, say, Harden, LeBron, Curry, Durant, Boogie, continue, continue probably 50 players on, I wonder like where Westbrook ranks. In, in something like, I almost want to like, do it right now. <laughs> like When we get off this, this call, I want to like, see like, how many players I could put ahead of Westbrook, even like last year's season, if you subtract the shots missed and um, the turnovers, which are pretty you just high. Need a clever, you just need like, a clever name for what that stat is called. Because if you don't get the offensive rebound, and teams aren't really offensive rebounding much these days, like compared to like the nineties, like that's like you know if you miss like twenty, twenty-two shots in a game, which he does all the time, and turn the ball over seven, eight times, that's like thirty possessions <laughs> that you didn't score on. It's called the it's called the Dominique quotient or the DQ for short. <laughs> the DQ, I like the DQ. I love this, Dave. I'm really into it. I you know I, I hadn't really seen Westbrook play all year until the the triple OT game against the Sixers, and it dawned on me that way. like great game. amazing game. That guy really hates basketball. <laughs> like it's a burden for him to play it because like and I mean it in the sense of like him being a tortured genius. Like it's hard for him. He's tortured by it. Definitely. I want to say I just want to I want to add an asterisk. Um, I did not come up with the DQ, but I think it should be called that. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna cite it because yeah. we're having enough problems already with listenership. But I'm gonna right. I'm 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 just gonna put it out there. I, I admit I didn't come up with it, but I'm still gonna call it the DQ. Yeah. Yeah, it it doesn't matter in today's world with the internet and like Lonzo Ball. You just say you're gonna do stuff, you steal things and call it your own. That's you see, but this is what I don't like. See this is what and I know you're you're being facetious, but this is what <laughs> so and I have I have a tiny subtopic on, okay. on the on the no, actually, there was a different direction I wanted to go. I wanted to continue with the Westbrook thing for one more second and say, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this the stat is a little bit old, but I've been watching a lot of basketball and I've been reading a lot about basketball, so I've got a lot of stats at hand right now. One stat that I have at hand is there are th 
a few, maybe a week ago, maybe six or seven days ago, five or six days ago, there were uh, 33 players in the NBA that were averaging more than 15 uh, shots attempted per game. Of those 33, Westbrook ranked number 33, last in field goal percentage. Um, Carmelo Anthony ranked number 32. And Paul George <laughs> ranked number 30. Yeah, oh. and go go figure. They're like just below 500, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, that's the most boring team in the NBA right now, I would suggest. The other, another damning thing. Uh, Victor Oladipo, who was who was just completely like ineffective last year on, on the Thunder, and people were kind of you know um, see, seeing him as like kind of just a maybe just a long term like 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 deep bench player, is now leading the Eastern Conference. He's leading all guards in the Eastern Conference in scoring. He's the number one that's scoring crazy. guard in the Eastern uh, Conference. That's fascinating. And I don't know if that's you guys crazy. watched. Um, um, I, like I said, I've been watching a lot of games. I watched uh, the Indiana Pacers, that's Oladipo's team, play the Celtics uh, three or four nights ago. And Oladipo, I think, scored 11 points in like the last two minutes of that game. He had like another like near 40-point game. He had like a 47-point game last, last week also. Uh, and they would have won, except that some idiot on the, on the Pacers, I forgot, I forgot which, which player, but um, someone whose, whose name I don't know, like there were like three seconds left on the clock and all the Pacers needed to do, they were up by, I believe, they were up by one. All they needed to do was inbound the ball and just hold it and, and take a foul. And uh, a guy on the Pacers tried to, like, lob a pass, like, all the way across the court. And it got stolen by uh, by Rozier on the Celtics and brought all the way down for a dunk. And the Celtics won that game. But if not for that, I mean, everyone would be talking about how Oladipo finished this game and how he's, like, totally emerged as an NBA superstar. And then you just look at like the list of superstars that West, Russell Westbrook has played with. You got James Harden, who left left the team and became like the most efficient, um, high scoring player in the league. You have Kevin Durant, who most people consider the second best basketball player in the world, and had to leave the team because he didn't want to play with Westbrook anymore. You have Whoa. Victor Oladipo, who left the team and became the highest scoring guard in the Eastern Conference. Mm. You have wow. um, Reggie Jackson who left the team and became the leader of the Detroit Pistons, who are now having this like crazy renaissance. That guy is amazing. I you love that guy. Paul George, who and came he... to the team and now sucks. You have Carmelo Anthony, who's always been kind of problematic, but came to the team and now like really sucks. And so wow. it's, it's not looking good for <laughs> Russell Westbrook's legacy. Wow. And you used to really love uh, Westbrook, Dave, I right? I know. Like... He was my favorite player. And now I'm like really now, feeling really th- uh, conflicted. This analysis that you're talking about now, this is all yours, right? Yeah. That's great. This isn't like it's a, yeah. It's a great DQ. <laughs> it's great. It's a great DQ. Solid DQ. I feel like my life on this podcast is basically summed up by my like very quickly changing feelings about Westbrook because at first I didn't like him, then I was forced to reconsider my dislike based on like some really interesting, almost like um, I was really challenged to like think about what it meant to not like Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. In, in really deep and like, uh, like racial ways. <sighs> yeah. um, we we, we yeah. talked a lot about like whether, my, whether or not my like preference for somebody like Steph Curry was, was problematic <laughs> and that like Russell Westbrook that, yeah. represented like a certain kind of like, um, like difficult African-American man that made me uncomfortable. And so I really had to like confront that and I felt like I did. Now I feel like I'm being swung back the other way and I don't know where I stand anymore. Now I, I don't even know if I'm a good person or a bad person. I thought I was a good person, but maybe I was a fake good person. I was only being a good person so I wouldn't get dinged for disliking. Like I was, like I wasn't, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm. Is it possible that your feelings about Russell Westbrook had nothing to do with race? No, no. Okay, I agree. Okay. Just checking. No, Just checking. no, I don't think so at all. I really bought into that. I thought that like, we, I, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but I know that no, we, Dave and I texted about that a lot. Huh. We didn't think, talk about it no, on the I podcast? Think, I'm pretty sure we did talk about it on the podcast. I thought you guys tried to get me to talk about it, but I just like pretended my phone was ringing. And I, like, uh, that, that kind of maybe, maybe we did talk about it. It's possible. <laughs> I pretended my phone was ringing. Um, um, <laughs> I'm trying to go, go a little deeper. Um, 
sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm doing a deep dive like while you talk about about the statistics well, of Harden versus maybe, Westbrook of last year. Maybe, and I just maybe I, this you is know, a I'm good just thinking, time. Oh. I'm just well, no, go, go ahead, but I just want to say that I'm just thinking about how stupid it is that it's just like oh, three columns have two two digits in them, so it's really exciting. Like the triple double stat is just like he won the MVP based on that. Like oh, I see two numbers in in three columns. Like that's not really a good way right. to think about. I mean, Harden had. 29 points per game, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds last year. I mean, just because the, the rebound thing was, wasn't at 10? Cause no, it's because James Harden like literally looks like he moves slower than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, he looks like he moves slower than me. He looks like he moves like, slower, than, <laughs> slower than anything. I, I started watching some, some highlights of James Harden, and I decided that I like him finally. <laughs> oh. Which is like You're big, moving uh, too? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's good yeah. that we adapt yeah. our opinions. Yeah, it shows that we're not like we're growing. stuck in yeah. our ways. Yeah. We're not ideologues. We're we're looking at the evidence right. and we're figuring things out. Right. Yeah, we're always like confronting our implicit biases and like trying to be open. We're like excavating the emotional landscape all the time, every Whoa. week. Here's a bad yeah. one. I don't know um so there's something called effective field goal percentage that adjusts for the fact that a three point field goal is worth more than a two point field goal. It's a pretty important mm. stat actually. because um, it corrects for um, the field goal percentage advantage that, uh, for example, uh, Clint Capella has over over uh, James Harden. Clint Capella is leading the league in field goal percentage right now, by the way. And what is, what is that advantage that he has? That he only takes shots within three three feet of the basket, and that oh, like maybe eighty five percent of his shots are are, are uh, alley oops from yeah. Harden. Right, right. Um, but so effective field goal percentage makes an adjustment. It doesn't totally correct for that because still James Harden is taking a lot of jump shots, even some two point jump shots, although. The Rockets try to avoid that. But I'm looking at effective field goal percentage this year. Russell Westbrook is at uh, 44%. James Harden is at 55.5%. That's crazy. That's a really big difference. Like, huh. hitting that extra shot per game, like, really matters. That ex- Or that extra uh, two or three shots per game. Like, it's, it's, it's really important to the final outcome. Well, look, if you compare those two, isn't the test, like, who would you want on your team? Yeah, but then does that also take into account like, you know, social things and Yeah, like you want the guy in the team that Oh, like my team is a fan? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, no, sorry, no, no, no yeah, sorry, I get. It. No, there's, I didn't mean like who's a better locker room guy. Right, right, right. No, there's no contest. I mean, it's it's like yeah. There's no debate. Like it's it's clearly Harden. Yeah. 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 Hardbrook? I mean, Harden is so good that yeah, Clint Capella is also le- he's leading the league in two point field goal percentage and regular field goal percentage. He's also, I believe, like sixth or seventh in PER, which is like a flawed advanced analytic or whatever. But if you look at who the leaders are in PER, it's Giannis, then LeBron, then Harden, then Curry, then someone else who I can't remember, and then it's like Clint Capella. <laughs> it's and it's it's just because James Harden like makes him so efficient. This is great. Dave, can I suggest that, can we do a whole hour and maybe we won't even publish it where you just teach us about <laughs> advanced analytics in basketball? Yeah. yeah. We won't even yeah. I feel like it. I have a lot to I'm learn. I'm hungry for that. Yeah. I don't know that it would be publishable. <laughs> yes. it, it would mostly just be like us grunting in acknowledgement of things that you said <laughs> and, and assuming that they were real stats and they weren't just, you weren't just like free associating um or doing like exquisite corpse poetry with numbers. <laughs> well, here's the last thing I'll say that's not an advanced analytic at all, but is 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 a, is a very simplistic analytic that anyone can understand. Um, the uh, the four greatest seasons in offensive efficiency um, coming into this season in NBA history for team statistics. Um, not in an, I don't know the exact order, but it was um, the '87 um, championship winning. Uh, Lakers, led by Magic Johnson, the 88 championship-winning Larry Bird Celtics, the 91 Chicago Bulls, led by Jordan, the uh, 73-win Steph Curry Warriors, and now, like, through uh, 30 games, the number one team in offensive efficiency of all time is this current Houston Rockets team. No kidding. Yeah. Sorry, not an efficiency, in offensive rating. Which is maybe combines some efficiency, but um, is basically just how well they score the ball. Yeah, number one, just through thirty games, but you know, that's thirty-eight uh, percent of the season. 
Can you really quickly explain plus minus? Plus minus is a pretty flood stat. Plus minus is just um, when I'm on the floor, uh, my team's total points um, versus the other team's total points. So you just subtract um, the other team's oh. total points from my, my, my total points. It's it doesn't matter who you're, it's not about who you're guarding at all. It's just like, what's the score when you are on the court? Right. And it's a pretty okay. flawed statistic because then, you know, you might see, um, I don't know, uh, what's his face? Um, I'm trying to think of like a bad player on a good team or like a player that you wouldn't normally, um, what's the guy who looks, looks like Ashton Kutcher on, on the Cavs? Uh, Corver. Uh, Kyle Corver. Like Kyle Corver <laughs> might have a great description. Yeah. <laughs> Like Kyle Korver might have like a way better plus minus than Victor Oladipo, but you know what does that tell you? Right. Okay. I feel like okay. a lot of stats like it has so much to do with if they have good names. Like a triple double, maybe got popular just because totally. triple double just sounds cool. Kind of like you were saying, it looks cool, but it also sounds cool. Totally. Yeah. When I was in high school, we would call a triple double was when you went to McDonald's for three meals two days in a row. <laughs> I was going to say, like, could we have our own triple-double, like, in a day, if you got, like, 10 hours of sleep, um, like, I don't know what the other things would be, but, like, if we could create, like, a life... Two good bowel movements. Like a, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Triple. Yeah. But you, it would have to be 10 bowel, 10 bowel movements in a day? 10 bowel movements. No, two, because yeah. it would be a double, so... You know, double oh, would right, be two. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Well, you wanted to do one for the podcast, too, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, ten good jokes, ten true facts, <laughs> and like ten, uh, ten acts of friendship. Yeah, <laughs> I want to triple double like everything in my life. I want to triple double by everything. Um, Dave, can we do another podcast, another hour, where we talk about whether or not um, like white technocrat uh, bros are ruining basketball? Mm, I think that's a really good white topic. Ner- like white nerds ruining basketball. Yeah, I think you, we only need to talk about that for like thirty seconds. Right. To say that it, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. it happened, or it happened. Yeah. And I actually have I have a really hot take about this, and it, it has to do with me confronting some of my own problematic speech. I think I've started to notice how often people refer to other <laughs> other teams or players as being fun. Mm. It's starting to rub me the wrong way because it's almost always used to describe. Um, like teams that aren't that good, but they have a lot of young raw talent. You'd be I like, oh I yeah, they're the, fun. I called the 76ers young in a text message to you, I think. I'm sorry about that. No, young I think is okay, because that's factual. No, fun. Oh, you called them fun? I've yeah. called them that too. I do think they're the most fun team to watch. Dude, you guys, way, I, I can't fun. watch them without Embiid. And you know they've only won one game without Embiid so far, and they're playing tonight oh, without they're Embiid. Oh, hopeless. they're hopeless without him. Was that the first sneeze on a podcast? I think you could just end the sentence that they're hopeless, huh? Was that the first what on the podcast? Sneeze. I just sneezed. Mike, ah, if, if, if you could, if you would get a million dollars if Embiid <laughs> played a single season in his career of 65 games, or if he doesn't, you die. <laughs> Wait, I get a million dollars and he plays a whole year? So if he plays a whole year before the end, no, just 65 games, not even a whole year. 65 yeah. is that's what's in his contract like to actually wait, are you get making, his... wait 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 are you making hot pockets why are you asking this question <laughs> um let's ignore the, let's ignore the beeping in the background on my line um it's it's if he plays 65 games you get a million dollars and if he doesn't play 65 games for the end of his career you die do you take the million dollars <laughs> um <laughs> This seems, I don't think I totally understand how I'm supposed to weigh this. Yeah. Because a million dollars is... Don't do the one where you're going to die. Don't take the one where you die, Mike. But it seems like the other one might be really good. 65 games, though. I mean, it's only 65 games. He only has to play like three out of every four games. Right. And I get a million dollars. Right right now he plays what? One every... And you get a Sixers championship. Wait, what does does Mikel get in this scenario? (laughs) Like, does something bad happen to him if something good happens to me? Yeah, he dies if he gets to 65. (laughs) He dies, but I get a million dollars? Yeah. I can't do that. And Joel Embiid gets to play 65 games? And you get a Sixers championship. This is what's known as a... In in betting, I think this is a parlay. I think that's what that is. 
It's a parlay. You're triangulating. You're triangulating, Dave. Yeah, it's a it's a three team teaser. And if not, Brick gets a million dollars. But either way, I just get you know a paltry commission of fifteen percent. <laughs> but also, oh, okay. So someone dies, someone gets a million dollars, and you get fifteen percent. And you maybe get a you maybe get a Sixers championship and the sixty five one. Like probably if he gets a healthy season, they're going to win a championship. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, like two. I'd say next year, two years. How about? Although Jason Tatum is going to be the best player in the NBA in like two or three years, which is kind of. I'm so I'm so nervous about that, dude. He's he's shooting fifty one point five percent from three right now. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, and he plays defense, and he he can take it to the hole. He's insane. He passes the ball. Yeah, but he's got a lousy haircut, and that's the one uh, thing I have going for me in this. In are this you thinking of Jalen Brown? No, Jalen Brown has a great haircut. Oh, you, you don't like the weird kind of shaped, like it's too far onto his forehead kind of thing? Yeah, you, and you just don't like his hairline. Like, you just don't like his like a young, nice hairline. We're just probably middle aged and jealous. <laughs> Problematic. How <laughs> so? You don't you don't like it? You're you, you're freaked out by his hair. I'm not freaked out by his hair. I'm judging it. Problematic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I think sure it's more not. likely that we could get into problematic territory if Britt explains why he says that dashes into balls, trains oh. and trucks, and that yeah. boys biologically are inclined to like balls, trains, and trucks. Yeah, this is a fascinating thing, actually. Oh, this is great. Um, this is uh, Mikkel's gender studies corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the me, counter, uh, yeah, there'll be a counterpoint by uh, Judith Butler's going <laughs> to do a counterpoint. Uh, Wait, is this really true, Mikkel? The boys love things that roll. I will totally. I, yeah. I'm really, well, be- truly, sincerely interested in this. Yeah, yeah, no, it it is true, and it's really fascinating because the dash <laughs> became really obsessed with what he calls big ball, and he wants to watch football on TV. And in general, dash loves any kind of ball: basketball, soccer ball, football. Right. Uh, anywhere he sees them, he he wants to play with it. And then at the same time, he also got really into what he goes he calls it choo 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 when he's talking about trains, and he's and he's really into trains. Especially Thomas the Tank Engine train, which um, a lot of kids are obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like a, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a weird thing. So I got I want to make sure I do this correctly. Okay. So <clears throat> I was trying to figure this what was, this was about. Um, so it's not just like because society tells them to like trains. Um, How do, wait, what? Can you? I think you need to step back you. a little. Yeah, no, he's going to, yeah. Here, right, let's you're laying out the thesis, so you're going to prove it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, little human boys are not the only ones that are drawn to things that roll. Well, alien boys are too? <laughs> no. <laughs> little monkey, monkey boys. Monkey. <laughs> um, Dangerous ground here. So, there was a study in 2014 in which traditional boy and girl toys were given to a group of monkeys to see what the monkeys would choose. And the boy monkeys gravitated towards the cars and the balls, while the girl monkeys played with pots and dolls. Uh, this experiment was reproduced twice since then with the same results every time. Hmm. So the reason is uh, testosterone. Uh, another study found that um, baby boys sit in front of cars and balls, they have higher testosterone. Um, and they like looking at things that roll. And if you could have a girl that likes trains, but then she probably has like more testosterone than average. Right. Um, so why, you know, evolutionary, from an evolutionary standpoint, why, why do boys like trains and balls? Well, this is, I mean... Um, this is something I've talked about with all my friends who have kids. Um, all my like, you know, um, all my friends who are, 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 are hip to the, the social construction of gender game and then are like dumbfounded that they're like, that their, their sons want to like throw shit and beat each other up and their daughters don't. 
Um, it is right because we're like, how did they learn? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, for the for the most part, um, for the most part, like all all that gender theory stuff has not has not really, to my understanding, like confronted some some basic like biological questions, at least to my satisfaction. Well, the obsession over like wheels and balls um, is 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 how things rotate, and there's like yeah. Um, playing with a ball like helps a kid understand that things are three dimensional, and that therefore like improves their spatial reasoning. Right. Um, so like if you're a monkey, you know that's going to help you find food when you're hunting, help you survive. Um, you know, as humans, we don't really need to hunt food anymore, but um, that's the reason why. Like. The idea of learning how something rotates um, helped us hunt and kill food. Dave has been suspiciously quiet during this segment. Oh, I'm just I'm yeah. just reading about these studies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm in the research corner. Yeah. Are you in Are you in Simon's research corner? I'm in Simon's research corner. Oh, get wow. out of there! Get I didn't know it was still open this late. <laughs> yeah, I snuck in through. The, he left it unlocked. So. Oh, oh, that's Simon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating because, like, yeah, the the idea that Dash loves Thomas the Tank Engine Train just I hate Thomas the Tank Engine Train. Right. There's like a lot of reasons to, I could go into that on a different episode on why why we don't like Thomas the Tank Engine, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really wild to Dash also like my son like loves football and I did not show him football. Like, I think it would just happen to be on TV one day for, like, a second, and he was, like, glued to it. And then ever since then, he's like, big ball, big ball, big, big ball, yeah. big ball, big ball. And but all he just like But, that, but that, that, the football shouldn't really, that shouldn't be part of this, this hypothesis, because footballs don't really roll like that. It's still, I mean, for Dash, it's still a ball. See, but... You're kind of <laughs> hedging it now. I mean, I, I don't see how mm. a football... Because footballs are tossed. They're not, they're not rolled, and they don't really move well, a like spiral, balls. A, spi a, a quarterback throws a spiral, that ball is rotating pretty tightly. You can't see it, though, on, on, a, on a TV screen. I mean, it's kind of a misnomer. Like, footballs aren't really balls. Like, is there any other ball that's not really a ball? I don't think footballs are really balls. Lonzo ball. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, I think we've successfully settled this issue, to my <laughs> satisfaction. All right. I, mean, I, don't, um, I don't think Joel and anything problematic. And, you want to do a little Jose Canseco poetry, guys? Yeah. Is that and uh, yeah? Should we wrap up with that? I think we're at. Are All we right, at an hour? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I guess yeah. we can. Yeah. We got the Lonzo Ball Nas rivalry. We can skip that. Uh, we talked about Jason yeah, Tatum. Yeah, let's go to. Lonzo. What's that? So, who cares what Lonzo Ball thinks about rap? No, I don't think Not we me. care about that. <laughs> I don't know if we care about what he thinks about anything. No, we don't. We don't. Nobody does. America doesn't. I saw, yeah. Let's not talk about him ever again. So, if you Google Jose Canseco poetry, there's like, seems like there's like a whole like underground scene of people <laughs> that take... <laughs> They take Jose Canseco's <laughs> tweets and, and they reconfigure them and structure them into poems. Oh. Wow. So, like, here's one of them. I need an attorney pro bono. My landlord evicted me and would not let me take my chandeliers with me. Need your help to get them back. Eastbound <laughs> and out is based on my life. I wish the producers would contact me. I'm doing a porn next week. I am hung like a Clydesdale. We will bring a donkey to its knees, baby. Oh. If I were a politician, things would be different. Honor and truth would reign supreme. Haters will always lie. Why can't you believe that I no longer need or use steroids? <laughs> that was one That's poem. <clears throat> this is all the same poem, yeah. Wow. I, like, I like need or use. That's good. <laughs> you grade that one, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's a B plus. Nice. And then there's, so that one, like, 
that that one's like a little more like comical. Um, but there's another one. Wait, read the next one. I'm on the same page as you. The next one is, you won't even know when you're dead. It's like never living. Same ass before you were ever born. <laughs> That's a good one. That's pretty deep. Yeah. So they can take us pretty deep. Wait, no, here's one more good one. Uh, guys, don't be jealous, because I am tall, dark, and handsome, and just turned 46, and have a gorgeous 23-year-old girlfriend. Not to mention that I'm sleeping in someone's garage, but it's pretty good. Oh. Yeah, they have the rhythm of haiku. <laughs> Is yeah. think that's true? Jose Canseco sleeps in someone's garage? I, I don't... <sighs> Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's in a poem, so it, legally it has to be true. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you're not allowed to say something untrue in a poem. All right, guys. I think we got it. I think we're. Um, Brit said he didn't. Did, Brit, don't, don't you have to be back at work like 15 minutes ago? Oh yeah, maybe he already went back. <laughs> I think he's done. Like, it's just us. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, he just went to work. All well, right. Well, I mean, I think we really. Week. Yeah, I think we nailed it. Make room for sports. Make room for sports. Make room for sports.